0: insane like
1: they know all of them they know all of the tiktok dances it's crazy
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I don't like trust it. tiktok it's kind of like they, a manchurian candidate thing they'll just like something they have all my dad i got another ripping the dance it's crazy <laughs> sorry amanda i'm trying to figure out is that
2: your phone or a pop tart <laughs> phone pop tart <laughs> okay it is your phone it's just the case on it like it's the right size and the way that you were looking at it i'm like oh it's a pop tart now, awesome. I
0: want a Pop Tart.
2: <laughs> anyway, hi, chat. <laughs> Let hello. chaos reign, everybody.
0: Hello, hello. Um, I bought popsicles the other day. What an experience. <gasps> oh, <gasps> the what a good time. What a time I've, to be alive. I haven't had a popsicle in a long time. It's so nice to have adult money. <laughs> I am an adult. I make <laughs> my adult own decisions. I am
2: an adult. I buy my own groceries. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, so uh, shall we jump straight in? Yeah. we well, I mean, I could keep talking me, about it but, you
0: know we're here for another thing
2: yes, alrighty so yes. <clears throat> I love them <laughs> Amanda loves them, Jesse. alrighty, so last we left off the party having <laughs> made their way into the high forest, clearing out as best they could, the Um, the Starmount Caves, and finding a very ancient, clearly several at least hundred years old, elven scroll, um, which they were able to decipher, as they figured would probably lead towards the Grandfather Tree. Making their way back, they eventually set out and embarked upon the ten-day journey to arrive at the Grandfather Tree, encountered the forest itself getting a little bit darker, a little more grim, a little more... undead. A couple of entities uh, coming out at night, attacking them in their sleep. Zombies rotting corpses from these gigantic flowers, spewing them out and ingesting them. Um, Definitely something that did not feel quite right within the forest itself. But eventually making their way to the Grandfather Tree, the party was halted before being able to climb up on the roots by a solitary figure. A lone seven and a half foot tall human identified themselves as Jessa, and one of the Wardens of the Grandfather Tree. A discussion ensued of what the group was there for, why they were coming to the Grandfather Tree, and looking around a little bit, Elite managed to spot that there were several additional archers, bows drawn, or uh, arrows knocked, bows drawn at the ready to fire. Um, and upon casting a spell to indicate that I know you've got a few people waiting, found herself lit up with arrows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly forgetting or not knowing that these, uh, that these humans are not exactly the largest fans of magic. But <laughs> nonetheless, I <got> that <laughs> nonetheless, the party managed to smooth things over a little bit. And eventually make a couple of very nice persuasion rolls, convincing Jessa that they were not there to do any harm to the tree or harm to the forest. Whereupon (laughs) they were invited to follow back to the Uthgart um, clan, uh, the Uthgart tribe society, their village, uh, which would be a little bit of time away from where they currently are, but at least something that they figured was probably worth doing. So. We pick up there, with Jessa leading the way. Walking west, away from the massive grandfather tree, four of the scouts hop back along the roots to settle into their hides, watching each angle to and from the tree. Jessa leads the way, effortlessly using branches as handholds to climb rocks with their muscular frame, before turning back to see how well you all keep up. So right out of the gate, I need everybody to roll an athletics or acrobatics check for me. Oh boy. Oh boy. As you attempt to keep pace with Jessa through the
1: forest,
2: yep. there we go.
0: Okay, well, I can work with that. Um, let me oh, get
3: okay.
2: up. Uh, do you want to to say them or? Uh, yeah, I'll just go uh, twenty-five to twenty and down. So twenty-five
4: Sorry. to twenty. Um, I got twenty-five. Five, nice. 20 to
1: 15. Uh, 16. Hope got 19. Leaf got 18. Nice. Uh, 15 to 10. 13.
5: 14.
2: 14, all right. Well, all of you still managing to keep pace. DC of 10. (laughs) Um, Not exactly the hardest thing out of the gate. Jessa looks back and nods approvingly as the last of you follow their path without any real issue. Um, Allure, you get kind of a surprising look um, seeing how deftly you were able to mantle over most of the obstacles, catching your foot on a root here and there, but still managing able to keep up with everybody. The ground becomes more and more vertical, with roots and rocks creating a nearly vertical wall ahead to block your path. Looking to Jessa, you see that they've grabbed one of several frayed and knotted ropes and have begun hauling their way up the wall. Um, I need all of you to now make an athletics check for me.
4: I just want it to be known that Elise is kind of like Checking Jessa out as they show this prowess, making their way through these dense woods.
2: Catching your eye, yeah. Right. Um, I'll go around this time. Uh, let's start with a leaf.
4: Um, sorry, it was athletics. athletics. So, uh, uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty, doctor.
2: Thirteen. Thirteen, Do- uh, less. Twenty-two. Twenty-two, Allura.
5: Also thirteen. Also thirteen,
2: <laughs> leaf. Uh, you've got 25. Nice. Hey. And hope. Uh, 15. 15. All right. On a DC of 13. Okay. Um, you see Jessa turning back and seeing all of you. Doctor and Allura kind of struggling when you're kind of scrambling to get to the top, a little bit out of breath from the climb, but still making it up there. And well, I would just... have
0: flown, but they turned me into a <laughs> pin cushion. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: and you see them turn back and just not bad for outsiders. Time for things to get a little more fun.
1: They start climbing over fallen
2: trees until the trail becomes more flat rock than uneven dirt. Jogging forward, which is a rather quick run for most of you. The rock appears to abruptly end about 20 feet ahead. But rather than slowing down, Jessa speeds up and pushes off, legs wheeling as they drop nearly 20 feet to a cleared landing area below, tucking into a tight roll and springing back to their feet. They turn back and look expectantly up at all of you
1: does phil collins son of man start playing like is this that March? yeah yeah. (laughs)
3: um
1: yeah uh i think both hope and leaf will probably you said 20 feet yeah it's a 20
2: foot drop after a solid push off of the edge of the rock
4: is that um, acrobatics
2: you're not sure (laughs) it's 20 feet down it's up to you guys to decide if you want to make the jump
3: Let's I'll, go I'll for mean, it. Like, nice yeah, and I sense. just run off. Yeah, yeah. It makes also
4: sense. would have just been like, I'm not getting shown up with this person. Like, I'm going. All right. Doctor? Uh, okay.
0: <laughs> All right. Hold so, up. I, hold on. I think I might have something for this. <laughs> <laughs> you got a patch for this one? I might, actually.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, pulls getting, off the ladder.
3: All
0: <laughs> well, his big top you hat. Know it's what? Yeah, let's pull back. out the fucking ladder. I think it's oh! only a 10-foot ladder,
2: so I don't know if it'll actually...
0: It's just as a wooden ladder, though.
2: Yeah, right? wooden ladder standard length is ten feet.
0: Heck, never mind. Uh...
5: <laughs> doctor pulls it out, sees the end. Oh, god <laughs> he Shoves
0: the ladder back in the robe. <laughs> back into hammer space it goes. <laughs> Fuck it, let's let's just follow suit. All right. When I'll in we'll Rome, see. I always say. At uh, least you have a finger.
4: And we have leaf. Uh, no, I was gonna do something, and then I realized it was magic, and that I can't be doing that.
1: So. I'm not. I don't. Right. I can. At least I don't know if I, how good I'm gonna be at healing. Gotta like make sure. I've already run straight and ahead people. and jump. All
2: right. Uh, so I'll get all of you guys as you leap off the edge. This is an acrobatics check to try and land and oh, tuck boy. into a roll without taking any damage.
0: Cool. Oh yeah. Oh. That's okay. Oh,
3: That's
5: <laughs> going into dice jail.
2: Descending. All right. Into- uh, let's start the opposite way, Allura.
5: 13.
2: 13. Less. 23. 23. Doctor. 18. 18. Elith. 22. 22. Leaf and Hope. Uh, Hope got 16. Leaf got 14. 14. All right. Um, With this one, as the drop is 20 feet down, and you guys figure you're pretty athletic and then you realize that you didn't quite push off hard enough for the majority oof. of you. Um, Less and Aleth, you two managed to land in the cleared area, tuck into ah. a roll, avoid taking any damage. Um, the rest of you fell a little bit short, and you see that there's actually a little bit of rock that kind of sticks up a bit, and all <laughs> of you just kind of crumple to the ground as your legs give out from under you, your ankles twist. Um, you all suffer oof, 12 points of bludgeoning damage oh,
1: what
0: the fuck? as oof.
2: you land. I rolled double sixes on 2d6s. Oh, um. As, so as you land and tuck into a roll, but end up just <laughs> slamming your head into the ground, scraping your shoulder and your hands.
3: Um, when I land, yeah. I just want to look over the leaf and just go, "Nice."
4: That's all. <laughs> um, <laughs> are any of our compatriots like bleeding or hurt? Like, oh, not
2: or badly bleeding, but there's like it, there is definitely blood, right? It's you. You fell yeah. down a twenty foot cliff and you scrape your arms and feet and hands against rocks.
4: Does anyone want any spider webs on their cuts? Because I still have them and they'll stop the bleeding. Uh, I'm,
1: I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, I'm so good. Spider webs. <laughs> I took that mostly in the face, so uh, that'll heal. Yeah. All right. They're just, They're just 12, pride, point? 12 points, yeah. So with that,
2: Jessica cracks a smile and gestures to the pair of rangers coming around a side path. Um, these ones intrigue me, they point to less than a leaf. I'll see. I'll have to see what they make of my little shortcut. Take the others through the proper route so my father doesn't yell at me too much this time. And Jessa takes off at a full run now. And two of you are sprinting to keep up, hearing the crunching of sticks underfoot, rustling of leaves and bushes ahead to keep you on the same path. We'll see you
3: there in a second!
2: Then a heavy rustle, and you see a small gap in a dense shrub which Jessa Jessa has clearly pushed through. You push through to the other side and you look up and you see the massive trunks of trees similar in size to those around the grandfather tree, although not the tree itself, but with constructed expansions. 30, 60 feet off the ground, railed walkways, rope bridges, thatched roofs adorning each tree at differing levels, with carefully placed torches resting unlit along the railings, as similarly tall humans make their way between the different structures. A few weapon-wielding individuals notice the sound, recognizing Jessa at a full run and seeing you sprinting after them. Bows get drawn, arrows get knocked, but a sharp whistle and a thumbs up from Jessa causes a smile to crack on their faces as they release the tension on their bowstrings and lean over the edge to watch. Jessa dashes forward, now outpacing you at a full sprint as they take a running leap, landing on a large exposed root at the base of one of the trees. The root bends heavily under the weight before snapping back into place effectively using it as a springboard to launch nearly 25 feet straight up, rotating a half turn in midair to face you as they land atop the lowest platform with a solid thud
1: They step aside to
2: clear the area and crouch down, squatting low and cocking an eyebrow expectantly with their whistle piercing the air and the appearance of new faces chasing after although at not quite the same speed The people Mm -hmm. atop the trees have stopped and are watching you curiously. Lesson, Alith, what do you want to do?
4: Yeah, let's fucking do it. I'm going I'm for I'm that. I kind of
3: look over to Alith to be like, those, those legs, though. Those legs. You're right. Like, this is fucking great. I know, I wish I could have those blind Chasing
4: legs. Chasing a hottie through the treetops. This is, like, my fucking dream. Let's do this. All right, who right wants to go you. first?
2: All right,
3: Alith,
4: um, you're up
2: first, then. Uh, so, your choice. <laughs> I need you to make either an athletics or acrobatics check to try and clear the jump.
4: Uh, my preference is actually athletics. All
2: right, go ahead and make an athletics check for me.
4: Okay, that is going to be um twenty three. Twenty three.
2: Okay, um, you rush up ahead, less kind of slowing down a little bit to give you a little bit of room to be able to clear that ahead. And you leap off and plant your foot onto the branch. You feel it go low, not quite as low as you think Jess's did. And you leap up and you go and reach for it. Um, Go and make an athletics check for me to try and... uh, or Sorry, a a strength check to try and grab onto the base of that.
4: So just with my strength bonus?
2: Just with your strength bonus, yeah. You're trying to grab on and pull yourself up.
4: Alrighty, we'll see what happens. Um... I guess it's too late to kind of say something about this. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe I would have thought to um, have like a rope and a um, uh, spiky thing that catches on stuff. Grappling (laughs)
2: hook. It's something where at the speed you're at trying to keep pace with them, you wouldn't really be able to rummage okay. and pull all that go stuff on. out effectively
4: is. Yeah. and that is a 16 16
2: you try and reach up and grab on and your fingers catch and, and you think you've got it and then a couple of fingers start to go and you <laughs> fall to the ground um you don't take but, any damage from the fall um but you have now cleared the way for less to make his attempt so this
3: is happening i'm letting her just kind of do that jump up try to grab on it and i'm not right behind her
2: no you, you're essentially waiting to see if she clears it and then you're gonna go next Oh, okay,
3: I was going to see if I was like right behind her if I could bounce up and try to catch them as I go up But maybe that's too
2: much. Yeah, that that would s- essentially, you can't superman it because you two would hit <laughs> and, you would, yeah. and would, you would cancel momentum And we fall. would just
3: crash and fall together Exactly, yeah, so
2: let's go ahead and make <laughs> okay. an athletics or acrobatics check
3: I'm going to acrobatics this and use my extensive diving skills to try to bristfully just glide through the air really? gold Isn't your athletics bank. way higher? No, my acrobatics is okay I think so let me just double check
2: uh, I was gonna say I'm like
3: no athletics is sorry <laughs> I was gonna I had, say I had, like, I had mixed up you're a strength Athletic, based yeah. character Never mind. yeah I had to mix up my head all good okay and ooh, natural 19
2: so that's gonna be a 27 27 DC is 25
3: so
0: ooh, yeah.
2: <clears throat> there is a genuine look of astonishment on Jess's face as you land beside them what before was some appreciation at your skill, the look now is pure elation. Finally, someone who can follow my path. Come, let's let's have a drink before your friends arrive.
3: And instantly I just like look down at Elite and kind of give him a signal like, I'll put in a good word for ya.
2: <laughs> and Jessica crouches low and points to a tree to the east that's much wider than the one that you jumped up onto. Head to that tree. Uh, you'll see a few guards stationed. Wait there for Volin and Triss, the uh, escorts that are coming with your friends. And the rest of your friends will arrive here probably in about 10 minutes or so. And they can get you brought up. I would advise against coming up without an escort. We're not exactly the most welcoming folk.
4: I'm like still bleeding. I'm like, yeah, uh, lesson learned. thanks.
2: <laughs> you did well. Valiant effort. But Uthgar is in my corner today.
4: Well, you have the height advantage here.
2: And then they turn up, and they turn around and step up with less. And follow me. Got so, it. Jessa brings you up a series of staircases. You see a few scowls on the faces of some residents as they look at you in passing, but with Jessa in the lead, nobody seems to be outwardly showing disrespect of any kind. Don't mind them. It's not often we have visitors, and although I sometimes find outsiders interesting. There have been a few experiences over the years which tarnish their views. Kill first, ask questions later is the usual mentality. Ask no questions. I can can appreciate that. Well, ask no questions, if I'm being honest. That's why I wanted to make sure your friends have an escort when they arrive. Jessa crosses over a bridge, gesturing for you to follow behind, then hops up another staircase and opens a large door, but to a rather modest, single-room dwelling. A large grey wolf's fur is stretched across the floor, with an oak table and four chairs. A simple large bed is tucked into the corner of the room, closest to the trunk of the tree, that forms the far wall. And a series of cabinets line the walls, filled wooden bowls of dried and fresh fruit, nuts, glass bottles of assorted colored liquids. They reach up and finger through the options, reaching to the back and pulling out a corked bottle, about half full, with a surprisingly light amber liquid. A set of metal cups follow, and they pour a small amount of the drink into each, raising the cup to toast. For the honor and glory of Uthgar, may we rest beside to the, him.
3: To the tree ghosts! And as I look around, noticing all the, the craftsmanship of the table, the bowls, how, how well are they made? Are they crude? Are they, like, well-sanded? Are they, like, appropriate to, like... Height, weight,
2: ratio... Go ahead and make... uh, I'll say make an intelligence check with your proficiency bonus because you're proficient with Craftsman's Tools.
3: Okay, so... Or with Woodworker's
2: Tools. So Ah, just uh, add your intelligence and your proficiency bonus.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to find my proficiency bonus. Where would that be? It'll be four. Yeah, Yeah, there it is. Got it. Okay. Natural 20. I'm not even kidding. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Alright. So what's the total then? Like twenty-four. The, it's twenty-four. Twenty-four? Alright. My intelligence is plus zero. So okay, so twenty-four. Um well made, but functional. Definitely not there for show. Definitely not there as a, a piece that, you know, would invite royalty to sit at by any stretch of the imagination. But very nicely sanded, smooth, no splinters coming out of any kind kind of odd shapes it definitely looks as though um whatever is used to make these chairs and the tables seems to be more of fallen wood rather than felled wood so this this isn't trees that were cut down to turn into the items it was trees that had already fallen and were therefore uh repurposed into furniture
3: so I've been looking at all this, kind of noticing like it, it looks pretty nice, like could be could be better, a little, a little crude, I'm like, who's uh, who, who makes the furniture around here?
2: Well, we have uh, quite a few craftsmen. Some of the older of our clan tend to be the ones who make their way into these kind of abilities. Those of us a little bit younger, we tend to be out in the blood of it, as it were.
3: Well, you know, I don't want to toot my own trying horn or anything, you know, we're mostly water-based people, but uh, I've got a bit of an eye for woodworking and furniture of that type, and I pull out the whittled long leaf that I had made in the previous session mm-hmm. uh, and kind of show them the intricate design of things and like just kind of hand it over to them. But, like, I know, like, you know, it's furniture, it just has its uses, but, you know, you could really put your own Utgard. Uh, tree ghost touch to these things, you know. Really, let it showcase what your culture is all about. You know, I don't know how many visitors you get around here, but uh, maybe I could talk to whoever fashions your furniture and just give him a little, a little kind of tips or two, maybe.
2: And they take the the leaf, just kind of pass it over their fingers a little bit. It's a bit brittle.
3: Yes, but try to snap it.
2: It snaps with no real issue.
3: (laughs) Alright, I may have to rework on that design a little bit, but, you know, no worries. I can make another one. It's fine. Um, But, you know, just if you want, just just, just being a good host, being a good guest, you know.
2: I appreciate the sentiment. Um, Décor is not exactly a word that comes to my vocabulary too often, nor is it one that comes to any of our vocabularies. We are people who live off the land. We find the things that are necessary to survive. We use them until they cannot be used any longer, and we replace them.
3: Attachment to possessions is a bit...
2: attachment to possessions is perfectly fine and they pull out the massive long bow that's uh, behind that's strapped over their shoulder and kind of turn it over their hands a couple of times and possessions are perfectly fine but possessions must have a use and they kind of gesture around the room and you, you take a specific notice that every single thing in this room has a use there are cups there are bowls there are tables there is nothing that is an ornamentation piece of any kind
3: do you have a particular cup or bowl that you prefer using over others?
2: Whichever one is closest to me.
0: Mm.
3: You know what? You've been such a great host for us, you know, not making my friend Elise a leaf, a or anything, not killing any of us, which, you know, can be hard done by, but strangers in these lands. If there's anything I could make for you, a glass, a bowl, uh, anything... Just name it. I will make it just for you. And maybe I could change your mind about, you know, having
2: a favorite trinket. They kind of take one of the metal cups that are in their hand. Something of wood, I assume. But, yes. They kind of reach over and look at one of the chairs beside that, like, they kind of rock it a little bit. It looks, you know, it's in pretty good shape, but it's probably, you know, been sat in a bit too heavily a couple of times and the legs are starting to splay out a little bit. And they just kind of take the uh, the chair, lift it up off the ground and snap the pieces off out of it. And now are sitting at a table with only three chairs and they kind of toss the wood to the side. We'll see how good a chair you can make. Not now, of course. Now no, no, no,
3: but I, I believe just kind of lock look them up and down with, with your frame and size. I think I could make something that could really, you know... After a hard day of hunting and protecting Grandfather Tree, something that could just lift your legs up a little bit, recline maybe, just really give you a nice peaceful day of rest.
2: Protecting the Arakor.
3: My apologies, yes. I'm still new to these terms.
2: It's fine. Now, before your friends arrive and we have an audience with my father, tell me one of your stories. Clearly you've been able to navigate the forest to some success, and the skill you displayed in following me is not that of a simple adventurer. What have you done? Uh, What have I done?
3: Um, Like, 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 lately?
2: They're just just... waiting for a response.
3: Uh, Well... I mean, to be honest, lately it doesn't really feel like I've been doing very much. Um. I mean, I've I've met all these friends during quite the romp, um, in borovia. I don't know if you've ever heard of that land. No? Mm. Um...
2: They well, you of, see, I've point, been get up from the table and walk over to a wardrobe and just kind of taking out of uh, and just putting on like a little bit of an evening uh, longer coat. something I that it'll kind of stave off the warmth a little bit.
3: Well, you see, I've I mean, I've kind of been living a bit of a mundane life, really, this past year or so. Uh, I've been trying to get back to my own homeland for quite some time and haven't really been able to to do so. I, I come from the, the Plain of Water. I don't know if you've heard of it. Very lovely. Great oceans and, 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 and lovely people down there, but um, I've basically been here in, in the Sword Coast for the last year and um, just been away from my home and just trying to make a decent living and trying to find a way to get back. I just haven't been able to meet any powerful enough magic users to do so. Apparently, it's really hard. To find people who can use teleportation and portals and all that jazz. Um, we fought some corpse flowers recently. That that was pretty cool. Uh, we uh, we uh, went through some 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 caves in the Star Mount. Uh Went and found uh, this underground cavern with some elven ruins and such. And there were some multicolored plants. There was a motif of some kind. Um, uh, uh, the doctor turned into an octopus, I think, at some point. That was pretty cool. Um, and then um, and he's just trying to think, and he's kind of nervous in her, oh, like they're their, in their presence, at how like intimidating they are.
2: And They just kind of sit down, and you can tell that they can tell that you're a little bit flustered, which is a bit surprising to them, given how deeply. Uh, adeptly you were able to keep up, and how deftly you were able to follow them through the trees and everything. Um, but just kind of... Busting your balls, friend. <laughs>
3: yes. Balls. It's
2: fine. So... Do you have any questions for me before your friends arrive?
3: Um... I mean... Grandfather tree, how how long has the tree been around for?
2: The grandfather tree is one of the last of the Arakora. The Arakor are tree-like creatures, with the name being Elven, and loosely translates as tree warden or one who protects the forest. They absorb the energy, life, and even intelligence from the forests they live in. And in exchange, they serve as caretakers, guardians of the land, creating spirits to defend themselves from the surrounding lands and the people. The Grandfather Tree, as you call it. Millennia? Thousands of years. And why do you think it's grown so tall and strong? It's root spreading to the point that no other trees bear encroach on it.
3: I think maybe manure or something, or
2: some sort of soil. But that makes sense as well. We feed the lands one way or another.
3: And have you um, have you encountered any any kind of demonic entities of some kind or a presence in these lands it's kind of a thread we've been kind of tugging at for the last little while here and it's what led
2: us to you you see their face grow a little bit a little bit more concerned there have been creatures discovered over the last few decades which should not reside here abominations once peaceful denizens turned into monstrous versions of themselves.
3: Right. We we ran into, I don't know what they were. It was like a hybrid of like a, a, a demonic entity, maybe mixed with another creature. Mm. The heads were just, the foreheads were just stuck against the wood. We thought maybe they were, I don't know, playing hide and seek or something, but they were very naughty. And we had to dispatch of them, but... Do you have any idea what those were? Do you see them around?
2: They were and are my father's nemesis. Ice shield orcs. Settlements of orcs once clan along the western edge of the forest. They kept beyond the forest borders, but over the last 20 or so years... Our scouts reported that the orcs are... changing. Turning on their clans, becoming more aggressive. They no longer recognize friend from foe. They slay all who stood before them without reason. They were heard speaking to themselves in a... hate-filled language. And they began pushing deeper into the forest to the south. Our scouts were strong enough to... keep them at bay. But... Other creatures have begun appearing. my scouts were sent to investigate but a worrying number of the ones sent west have not returned
3: does the word gargoth mean anything to you
2: is that a place?
3: never mind it's oh, all good um. I guess that my friends will be able to more properly explain these things. It kind of comes in and out for me, if I'm to be honest. Um, but one more thing. Do you happen to know... I mean, you're as much of a guide through the... probably I mean, the best guide through these woods as anybody. Would you happen to know where I could find some Mopane wood sap? Kind of got a bit of a deal back in the old city to bring some.
2: Mopane wood sap. Not here, I don't believe. Is it a a certain type of tree?
3: a certain type of sap that comes from a certain type of tree. Uh, Maybe the the trail lurkwood,
2: uh, black bark. If it is in the lurkwood, it would not be here. The high forest grows tall. The lurkwood grows through the ground.
3: Well, I guess that's all I have to really ask. Should my friends and I be worried at all? Are we, are we okay here in your care?
2: As long as they don't do anything stupid. Obviously well, I don't
0: think you have to worry about
2: that. They know I mean. not to use magic, especially within the village. That is for our shaman alone.
3: All right. I mean, I myself am a kind of a newbie when it comes to that kind of thing. I had some crazy dragon appear to me in a dream once, and then all of a sudden I could do crazy magic stuff. It was very exciting, but I'm still figuring it out. Maybe your shaman could help me with any of that. No. No? Why, why, Why no?
2: And they just kind of of open a couple of eyebrows and just kind of cock an eyebrow at you and just... I'm just
3: going to mimic their facial movements.
2: Our shaman does not share secrets with outsiders. If you become a tree ghost, perhaps you may train. But that is not a question for today. And they kind of lean back in their chair and take the cup to their mouth and start to drink deeply from it. Allura, you had a question?
5: I was just wondering, uh, you said about like 10 minutes? Yeah, That's it's about- it's
2: coming on to the end of this right now. Yeah. So, with this, Jessa takes back and finishes the drink, puts the cup down onto the table. Um, have you taken a drink, by the way?
3: Uh, not yet, okay. but after that, just kind of awkwardly talking, and I'll cheers and, and take a sip.
2: All right, so you take a bit of a sip, and, and it burns... Um, It tastes like you're almost drinking watered-down sap from, like, redwood trees. Like, it tastes like fire ants have died inside this liquid. Um, But it's a surprisingly pleasant feeling on your throat, and as you swallow it, it really warms your stomach. And it's starting to get a little bit cool, but it's something that you can imagine that a, a little bit of this goes a long way.
3: That's that's some strong stuff you got there. Stings the nostrils.
2: (laughs) Come, your friends will probably be downstairs. Let's go greet them. And they hop up out of the chair and gesture for you to make your way to the door.
0: Oh. Oh, All right, all right.
2: Just kind of awkwardly, just sidle by. So they'll close the door behind, and you can see that there are no locks or anything on the doors, it's just simple push to open and push to close. Um, but you start to make your way back across, kind of following a similar path that you took to get here, and eventually climbing down. Now for the rest of you...
1: <laughs> we took the
2: acorn lift up. <laughs> <laughs> With Volan and Triss leading the way through the forest, taking a somewhat more established path. But it's still not a simple one to follow. After some time, you break through into a large clearing, and you see the series of massive structures built up in the trees. Dozens of similar-sized humans climbing through the branches, walking across wooden bridges. Some even just going so far as to climb directly up the bark on the exterior of the trees. And Valen leads the way, and the leaf. You see them coming, probably about five, ten minutes or so after you had been sitting down patiently waiting for everybody to arrive. I wasn't
4: sitting. I was definitely doing my best. Like I was like feeling really like, oh, fuck, I didn't make it. So I'm, like, doing my best allure impression and, like, leaning against the tree trying to look cool. Like, whatever, I don't care.
2: And you've just got <laughs> a, couple of, uh, a couple of guards that are leaned out over the edge. And you see them, like, clearly just one arm holding onto ropes, and they're almost 90 degrees vertical looking down at you, basically just keeping
4: an eye on you. Okay, I'm also kind of scoping out anyone I can see who is actually able to, like, make it through these systems they have on the trees and trying to figure out, like, how I can do it. Like, I'm like... Mm-hmm.
2: You can imagine, like looking at the people, they're all seven to eight feet tall. No one really topping eight feet. Oh, sorry, um, yeah, seven to eight feet tall. No one really topping eight feet, um, but massive for human, muscular across every gender. Everyone has just rippling muscles on their on their bodies. There's massive shoulders. Um, you see humans probably well into their sixties standing. Six and a half, all closing in on seven feet tall with, like, large, um, a little bit more saggy skin, but still muscular, carrying gigantic uh, piles of wood between different areas and huge uh, bundles of crops and kind of dropping things off at different places. It looks like a very well-established village, for lack of a better term. Just off the ground. Mm
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. so with Volum leading the way stepping onto a series of stairs carved into the widest base of the tree you start to spiral your way up and you see Les standing with uh, jessa up at the top and just kind of doing their own version of the allura lean kind of waiting for all of you to get up to the top again and...
3: and i'm gonna try to
2: do the same lean but
3: like constantly change like my arm like places trying to be cool as well but just like
2: what do i do with my hands what, yeah, just so, uh, what do I do with my hands. Just that did yeah. this, so um, oh. a, it, it doesn't take long, but it, it's it is even still a little bit arduous to get up because the stairs are made for people who are taller than most of you. Leaf, for once, you <laughs> fit everything, is the right size. Oh my goodness, this
1: is perfect! I'm not tripping on anything. This is
2: amazing. You look up I'm in the doors, you, you, you don't have to crouch to get through a door. You, you take a step from one step to another and you don't feel like you're half-stepping to get there. It's it's an just amazing
1: feeling. Great. Uh, yeah, I just instinctually duck from, on things anyways, just like pure force of habit, but like, oh, this is pretty cool. All
2: right. So with that, you make your way back up to the top, and Jessa, you all did well. Some of you much better than I thought you would, having a look at you, to be honest, but no matter. So, we have an audience with my father, and they turn around, and you see that there are a couple of guards armed at the ready, and is clearly expecting to escort you. And Jesse begins to lead the way, and they kind of part for them, push their way through, and you see yourselves flanked. Uh, two, two on each side, and two bringing up the rear, so a total of six guards, one matching each of you.
3: Can I come back with the group? So when I kind of slowly whisper to them, like, guys, we could try to be tree ghosts apparently a thing
0: we could like be one of them leslie i don't mean to be the bearer of bad news but we signed a contract back in waterdeep
1: this seems really uh i I mean i'm okay yeah we'll follow up on that sounds kind of cool though yeah maybe later it's like a commune
3: kind of a little bit Still working mm. it out, though. No, don't worry, I'm, I'm I'm in good with Jessica. We're Have like you
0: been drinking, things.
3: Leslie? A little bit, you know? They had this really nice, very spicy, thick, sappy drink. You should try some, Doc. I mean, I it was exquisite. I just had it to a little teeny bit, and then it just kind of just, you know, goes right down into the gullet, right up into the brain.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I make a medicine check, like, is less, like... Is there, is there anything special in this stuff? Like, is he getting hit a little? or Go ahead and make a Can I assist? For me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Doc, you can make one as well. Ooh, 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 ooh.
2: Nope,
1: unless at this point, not. I need
2: you also to make a nope, constitution
0: save. Bro. Hell
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a 28. Hell
0: yeah. 28. <laughs> uh, i bread and butter, eight. baby. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, man. Mine's a 21. So, 21. You got Less
2: it. con save. Uh, 19. 19, okay. Um, your gut starts to hurt a little bit. Like, Ooh. it feels like you ate something that was a little bit too spicy. Um, but you're, you're doing okay with it. Um, between the Leaf and the Doctor kind of like giving you just a little bit of... Not recovery by any stretch, but just kind of making sure you're okay and like patting a shoulder and making sure that you're following the right path. You're, you're pushing through it. You're going to be fine, but... It just might be uh, a little bit of a weird, weird feeling in your gut for a bit, but it, it your brain feels nice. It's just that your, your gut kind of feels like it's on
1: fire a little bit. Uh, I know that feeling. Would I be able to get kind of a check on like an understanding of like, I, I want to say like a toxicology report? Is there <laughs> any sort of like... <laughs> Did you do an autopsy? No. <laughs> yeah. You got um, drunk guys,
2: Jordy? Yeah. He doesn't have drunk eyes. He he more just has what the pupils doing. The pupils are a little bit wider. Okay,
1: um, okay. they're not okay. dinner
2: plate wide, but they're all they're right. definitely a little bit bigger. Um, and you would definitely imagine that whatever it was that he had a bit of is definitely something that would be affecting his um his brain chemistry a little bit. It it might not last all that long. You're not sure how much he had. You don't know what the what the um. Uh, the drink is, particularly, but based on what you see, he'll be fine. It's just that he, he is a little bit more alert than he normally would be. Oh. We'll put it that way.
1: Okay, Interesting, interesting. Well, we can uh, follow up on this. Uh, and uh, he can taste colors, I get it. <laughs> yeah.
2: But with Jess in the lead and the guards escorting you making your way across uh, the series of bridges, you eventually find yourselves coming to uh, a fairly large staircase that kind of spirals upwards to what is obviously the, the largest of the structures within the trees. It sits atop all of the rest, probably 65, nearly 70 feet off the ground. Um, and the staircase, in comparison to most of the others, where it would lead out to some kind of a veranda, this staircase actually goes directly up into the center of this chamber. And Taking a few steps inside, following in behind Jessa, Um, You see that they pushed across to the room, and on the opposite side, you see a hulking human. Eight and a half feet tall, sitting down, um, hands badly scarred, the size of the palm is nearly the size of one of your heads. Just this immense person. Scars across the face, scars across the body, tattoos, um, long hair, surprisingly, but looking very disheveled, like just... It's long because I don't care enough to cut it. And a series of, um, uh, of intricate wooden um, baubles hanging from each of the ears. Clearly um, some kind of... Whether inflictions of wounds of some kind causing, um, causing holes in the ears or instinctively uh, wanting to give himself piercings of some kind. This does seem to be one person who is a little bit more adorned than anybody else. But everything seems to be for a reason, for the most part. Um, You can see some of the pieces uh, are of uh, long orc bottom teeth that have been kind of attached uh, in a series of different places along each of the ears. Uh, You see that the necklace itself is a series of teeth as well, again, looking to be full of orc teeth and um, assorted trinkets that may have been taken from some of uh, the orcs. You would imagine the man sitting before you is Borvald. And across the lap, a massive great sword, but held with a single hand. He just takes the sword and places it behind, uh, not a throne, but less a functional chair. Again, everything seeming to be what is required. Nothing ostentatious with the exception of a little bit of additional finery on his face. But flanking him, four on the left and four on the right, or sorry, four on the left and three on the right, um, you see seven younger faces. A few of them look somewhat like Jessa. Um, And then you start to recognize the empty chair as Jessa makes their way over to it and sits down. That makes sense. A series of chairs are pulled out for each of you to sit in the center of the room. Guards stationed on equidistant points, effectively creating a hexagon within the room. As Borval just sits and looks over at Jessa. What have you brought me this time? Jessa looks back. This one kept up. They point to you, Les. And he just kind of... (laughs) He kept up with you. Now that is an interesting man. Does
3: anyone else have dry mouth? I've got kind of a dry <laughs> mouth going
2: on. <clears throat> Are you hungry?
3: Uh, I pr- I, co- I probably could use a little something in the tumbly, you know. We got a little, little, little fire going down there, if you know what I mean, from the little sap drink we had earlier
2: he looks over at jessa and you can you can hear the exasperation on his breath you gave him some of the brunette what he was able to do everything else <clears throat> I apologize I do hope the effects are not too uncomfortable for you it is not made okay. for frames such as yours sounds like
4: a disc to me
2: Nonetheless, food shall be brought. And you can see that he gestures over, and a few of the guards, two of them, start to make their way out. Um, and a little bit of time passes, and you can see uh, Jessa's chatting a little bit with a couple of the other people there, and Borval just kind of sitting, waiting for some of the food to arrive. About two minutes or so goes by. Anybody want to say anything while you're sitting? Uh,
5: no, but can I, like... Uh, can Allura... Uh, I want to know just in terms of, like, hierarchy and, like, like status, um, does it look like that is of the utmost importance? Like, like kind of your standing and the regard of everybody? Like, in terms of, uh, what is his name again? Sorry. Oh, his Borevold? name is Borvald. Borvald? Yeah. Um... Is he kind of like clearly he's like the leader, but is he kind of like the like leading in a way that is excuse me, um like oppressive?
2: Make I'll say make an intelligence check with advantage given your background.
5: That was not oh god damn it. Oh, at advantage that
2: will be a 15. 15. Um, nothing about this seems oppressive.
1: Okay.
2: Um, taking a look at the individual seated before you, Jessa, obviously a fairly imposing figure, but not the most muscular. Definitely not the most muscular of any of the ones sitting before you. Um, you see that there are uh, four men, three women, and Jessa. And all of them are fairly well built. One of the things you notice as well is kind of looking at this the, the seating positions and the ages of the people, especially relating to Borbald it would make sense. These are his kids. Mm. And nepotism. The, rather than him sitting on a, a throne <laughs> residing over everybody it's <laughs> more just this is his home. And his children are there with him. You see that of the of the four boys, um, all of them are hulked out forms, massive uh, pectoral muscles, eight pack, ten packs on their bodies, huge nice. rippling forearms, every possible muscle and vein visible, but not in a useless manner.
0: They need to drink more water.
2: <laughs> it's it's more that they are just. Muscular to the point of everything being useful. But nothing is for show. Um, And the women in the same way. Very, very muscular, but very lithe figures. Nobody sitting down uncomfortably. Nobody unable to scratch their back, right? We've all seen those people before. These ones are all very toned and very weathered figures. Um, But you notice as well, looking at each of them, that seated behind Uh, or sorry, not seated, but um, stood behind each of their chairs are nearly identical bows to what Jessa was using.
3: As Allura is kind of surveying this, I want to kind of lean over to Doc and be like, hey, oldest, greatest friend, what, uh, what do you make of all this? You've written with a lot of different groups of people from all shapes and sizes.
0: I mean, they appear to be a family unit? And they appear to be in charge. So we're going to be very nice and very calm. And we're going to ask our questions and see what they have to say.
2: One thing you do notice as well, Alora, looking at the figures is, um, while all of the seated individuals have the bows either strapped to their backs or behind their chairs, there is another bow that is hanging on the wall directly behind where uh, Borvald is, but it doesn't appear to be to his size. It's definitely a little on the smaller side. <laughs> really?
4: Might I also have noticed that?
2: Yeah, all, all of you would have noticed that. This was just <laughs> more like... so... Allura was asking the question, so it was something that you would notice. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that they're hiding by any stretch of the imagination.
4: No, I was just wondering if, um... Boy Sight, uh... I could see what the bow was made out of. If it was wooden, or if it had some other different properties that was sort of, uh... uh, Like magical
3: runes on it or something? Sorry? Like magical runes on
4: it or something? or? Or, um... Like... You know anything like some metal components to his toll?
2: Make a history check.
4: Welp. do I get to do it with an advantage because I knew about the meteorite and Elvin bows? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> I tried, you guys. <laughs> I tried. All right, that's gonna be a ten.
2: Ten. Um, they're really close to what Jessa was using. Very similar make, slightly different sizes, but suitable to the people that they're seated behind. With the exception of the one that's on the wall behind, which looks smaller.
4: Small enough that, like, one, a person of one of our size could use it, or just smaller than them? Both.
2: Both. Um, but one thing that you do notice looking at each of them is that the filigree inlay in them does appear to be a little bit different. Um, there are three that have uh, inlays of what look to be silver, uh, another three that look to be of gold of some kind, and then two Jessas and the largest of uh, the male sons, or of the sons I should say, is um, appear to be made. Uh, had, excuse me, appear to have the uh, inlay be. Of platinum, and the one on the wall has the filigree lines cut, but nothing filled.
4: Oh, interesting!
2: And a few minutes passes. You all survey, and they're just kind of chatting amongst each other, um, not being standoffish per se, but definitely not really addressing you per se, until the food gets brought up and it's a moderately decent spread um a little bit of crusty bread uh, a lot of dried fruits and nuts um a little bit in the way of meats mostly cured very little in the way of fresh meat um but it's enough to at least placate your hungers which have been growing a little bit for the time that you've spent traversing the forest and making your way through to this point Borvald kind of gestures forward and Please. Guests must go first.
0: <clears throat>
2: Alright. Okay. Very well. Appreciate it. So they, they all sit back and you, you can see that it's something where the, the younger ones kind of look to him and just be like Like, just can't believe that this is actually what's happening right now. But as soon as you all grab anything, they all immediately dive in and grab whatever's left and take off whatever is remaining on the plates. There's basically okay. nothing left. And Borvald himself actually gets no, none of the food. He just sits, he remains seated in his chair and just pulls out a, a large cask beside him and just starts drinking from it.
3: Nice. So as I'm eating and kind of like, I've, I've eaten like maybe like half, I'm still feeling a little queasy in the stomach. Just kind of look over at him and kind of gesture like... Did you
2: want any? And he looks over at Jessa. He is an interesting one. And he reaches forward and he grabs... uh, The little bit of food that you do offer him. And just kind of... Takes it into his mouth and eats it up. Finishes it off quite quickly. My children... Typically do not let me... Eat what I would like, but... I survive.
3: We're back where I'm from. We respect our elders.
2: Do not take it as a sign of disrespect. And you can see that all of them have taken the little bit of food out of their mouth and are looking at you. And there are some narrowing stares.
3: This sap is good. Do you have any more of this stuff? It really please really a fire to the belly, you
1: know? Um, so anyways, uh, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate the hospitality and... You have a beautiful village. We've
2: worked on it for nearly three generations now. So, I understand that you have come to the Grandfather Tree for some purpose. If I may ask what it is?
4: It's more than one thing. Um so we can try to explain a, f- a few con- of the story beats in the journey that we've been on if you don't mind. Cliff notes. Um,
2: Stories are my specialty. And he leans back in the chair and puts his hands mm-hmm. across his lap.
4: Well, I respect a man who likes a good story, tale told around the fire. Um the shortest version is that we believe that there's a demonic entity trying to, at the very least, influence a friend of ours. Um, and I don't look at Leaf at all. I just sort of say, "Friend of ours." My um,
1: eyes go wide, though.
4: <laughs> and at the worst, um, trying to influence and or find purchase on this plane uh, already caused. a bit of disruption um at a town called succumber killed quite a few people ripped down a wizard's tower um we believe it could have something to do with the history in the high forest of which grandfather tree is part um it's quite a long long history longer even than um you know i know so we've been piecing some things together from books but Um, If you or your people have any kind of um, story history or legends about this area or about the peoples that battled in the High Forest before your time, I'd be very interested to hear it.
2: Hmm. How certain of this are you?
1: Um, unfortunately, decently
0: certain. We were brought here by, uh, by the remnants of a summoning circle just south of the high forest. We have reason to believe that the people who were summoning these, uh, these entities may have headed north. They
5: were very powerful magic users. Um that we only narrowly escaped from, that we suspect are, are trying to, uh, as Alith said, gain purchase here or release someone here.
4: We have reason to believe, um, due to some of the history that we've uncovered, that the grandfather tree's presence, power, might be part of what is holding part of these demonic forces at bay. And so we've come to learn whatever we can, perhaps even commune with it, if that's, although I will say we didn't know about your people when we were coming here, we didn't mean any Mm -hmm. any effect. We've just come to learn and to do what we can. So uh, now that we're here, Clearly, our intentions are not to violate any kinds of customs or traditions that you and your people have around the Grandfather Tree and its purpose in protecting this area. But whatever help you can give would be much appreciated Um, from what we understand from Jessa. um, Your people prefer to only have your shaman magic, perform magical acts. So that does restrict some of the things that we can do. Um, I'm not sure if that's negotiable or not. Put it out there.
2: You can see I'm just kind of taking everything in. Not reacting, not giving away emotion of any kind. You can see that some of the kids are kind of chuckling to each other and laughing at how nearly ridiculous this sounds but Jessa looks a little more severe. And one or two of the others kind of follow suit, starting to understand. Go and make a persuasion check for me.
4: Charisma, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <coughs> Gonna be a three.
2: Three, okay. Yep. Yep. Magics are dangerous things. Our tribe was formed because of one who beguiled what we once were. Stole us away from these lands as we were exiled by the Grandfather Tree.
4: Would that be the catastrophe
2: It was not a catastrophe, it was a thing, a person masquerading as a a totem spirit of the Blue Bear tribe. It was too late that they found out that it was not what they thought. That is why we were formed we saw the truth. An eight foot tall barbaric hunter with deep blue skin calling herself Tanta Hagara. It was said she could become the avatar of the blue bear tribe totem, transforming herself into a blue-furred bear. Such an ability had not been encountered in the shaman. None stood to oppose her where the guardian spirits that surrounded the Arakor became agitated, hostile towards the tribe. They were banished to wander east through the woods, lost in search of a new tribal home. Their new shaman led the way. But in the years that followed, Some began to see through this guise, they grew to reject her claim, and they left the tribe and formed what we are now, and we returned to protect the Arakor, to ensure that the guardian spirits would not be required outside of their duties to protect the forest.
4: May I ask? And I, please be aware, I'm we're all people who have spent a lot of time fighting and defending ourselves. I don't mean any offence. Uh, if I ask questions about culture, your customs, or be happy to respect anything, just trying to get a better sense of what those might be. Um, do you do you have a way of communicating with the grandfather tree, with the spirit that protects in your in this area?
2: <laughs> the grandfather tree is not one that you communicate with. It is one that will communicate with you, if the need should arise for you to leave.
4: I get it. Uh, they defend against outsiders.
2: They defend against those who would harm the forest. Harm the balance within these lands.
4: What about those who protect it?
2: They pass unhindered.
5: Have you had any signs that the balance has been tipped? Uh, Jessa had mentioned that there are creatures in the forest that you know haven't been seen recently and I'm just curious if you think if, if you are leaning towards the information that we're giving you if, if that doesn't seem so far fetched
2: you can see him kind of lean back and close his eyes for a second The forests surrounding the tree itself remain in balance, to a certain point, as if an invisible line had been drawn, and that line appears to be getting closer with each passing year. I take it you had encountered some of these creatures on your way here.
3: Yes. Uh, I believe they were called Abishai.
2: I do not know this word.
0: Um,
1: we fought know. some plants though that, were, that weren't very friendly. That was, that there were
0: orcs that were head yeah. up against trees. Perhaps that's what you're referring to?
2: Ashen skin? Yes.
3: Ice orcs. I know that
2: one. One of the changes caused by whatever is afflicting this forest. Those flowers, the ones I assume, carry the bodies of my dead friends. Another. We don't know for sure. But whatever it is the grandfather tree seems to be keeping it at bay but it comes from the east making its way closer
4: jordy um just given where we are sorry this is kaylee not totally having the map in her head yeah, not we'll get- a um when he talks about the east from where we are at the grandfather tree would that be the direction that we kind of learned that the like Elmouth uh, um, Elmouth city would be
2: yeah that's much further east you're looking at probably about a week's travel to get there um, but that is the correct direction essentially um, the the easy way to think about it is star mounts was due north uh, mm-hmm. grandfather tree was a little bit to the west of that and then you guys went to the grandfather tree and then went due west you just went further left onto the map um, following Jessa
4: Mm -hmm. Okay. Hmm. Um, have you ever heard of a city once was a great uh, realm of dwarves and elves that has since become a place of corruption and demonic residence to the east
2: where do you think Tanta Haggara took my people that makes
4: sense. sense what did I understand your description of Tontel Hagara, tall, blue, could turn into a bear. But specifically, what did she look like?
2: Long braided auburn hair. Wore a coat of moss upon her back. Fair-faced. But... Had a bestial nature to her. <sighs> the strangest Doctor. yellow eyes.
5: Doctor, you had a uh, an excellent draw- drawing of the Abashai. Do you still have that on you? Of course. Can, would you mind pulling that out?
0: Oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah, I'm assuming if she was referring to someone who looked like Lee, or sorry, if he was referring to somebody who looked like Leaf, he would have kind of like mentioned
2: that yeah. so no. doesn't doesn't appear to be you, uh, yeah. oh, okay cool um, and allura doctor pulling out the drawing and presenting that as well he takes the book and the book is for him is like you know two fingers and he's able to just mm. kind of hold it up to his face and i do not know what this creature is it is not whatever she was or mm. it was interesting. Regardless, it is gone now. But the people remain afflicted.
4: And you haven't seen the remnants of the um, Blue Bear tribe other than those who came to back to form the Ghost Tree tribe since that time.
2: On occasion, we have a a solitary member that has managed to escape the Falsehoods of their past. We run them through trials, see if they are worth welcoming into our camp. Most are not, but an occasional few. They have promise. Mm. Now, I take it for your next steps you would require some kind of access to the Arakor.
4: We'd like that, if that's permissible. If there's anything else that we can do to demonstrate to you, or perhaps to your shaman that we're, if not trustworthy people, then at least telling the truth about this. And I just look around to my friends... I think I speak for all of us when I say we will do what it takes.
5: Hmm.
2: And Jessa. And you see, Jessa's kind of been sitting on the edge of their seat a little bit, kind of listening to the story, and you've definitely drawn a couple of people in, and when Boerwold speaks, the room kind of tends to go a bit quiet. Um, and Jessa leans forward a little, and... A hey, trial, Father?
0: A trial.
3: Very good at those. Tell you right now.
0: Let's see what it is first, Leslie. All right, all right, all right. This blight
2: upon my lens needs to be removed. Jessa, have some. Some of your ash-striders, bring them west. Accompany them if you'd like. But bring them to the edge of the darkness. And let them bring me whatever is causing it. And Jesse kind of looks back and you can see there's a little bit of concern on their face. You said a trial, child. And then they kind of just nod their head down a little bit, look back up at you and... We have some space in the camp for the evening. Food, bedding will be provided. We set out at dawn.
4: If you um, have anyone that could avoid any um, dressings, medical attention, and I like sort of pull my leather armor aside where I'm still like bleeding. (laughs) um, It'd be much appreciated.
0: We have. Got some f- magical neosporin kicking around.
4: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that would be great.
4: Just like chew up some herbs and put them on me. That's fine. I, think I
0: twisted my ankle on that rock back there. You know, Elise, I'm never going to yuck your yum, but man, <laughs> learn more every day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Our shaman does not treat outsiders, but we have some salves that may be of assistance bandages oh, of kinds. Is, uh, I notice that the shaman
3: isn't here uh, dining.
2: No, the shaman has other duties to attend to.
1: That's fair. That, that's pretty understandable, I guess. The um, shaman's
0: got busy jobs.
1: What sort of
0: darkness do you refer to? Is this where these orcs are coming from?
2: The orcs come from the other side which is the interesting part they come in through the eastern or the, uh, the western edge of the forest beyond where the darkness lies but perhaps it has radiated
0: to where they are hey fellas quick sidebar Weren't we tasked with hunting down a whole warband of orcs? That does sound familiar. I mean, Mm. I remember a whole bunch of orcs that we may have needed to slaughter at some point. It didn't quite happen,
4: but we'll get there, I'm sure. Closer to Secumber, from what I understand, they had a place there, a gathering.
0: It just seems awfully fishy to me.
4: They might be the same ones, but the ones that we saw, we got the impression that that was sort of a semi-permanent place. But we can see, I mean, honestly, if it would work out to be a like double clue on both, perfect.
5: I think they're much further away. I think that's uh, I would be surprised if this is the same band of
2: orcs. As as you guys think about it and kind of chat about it a little bit, the band of orcs that you were that you saw the the contract to kill and and bring back proof was much further south. It was along the road to Sikomber. At this point you're closer to like the, some of the northern cities. Like you're more than 3 times further north than where Waterdeep mm-hmm. is compared to Sikomber.
1: Like, oh, okay, you're, you're cool. really yeah. far okay.
0: north at this point. No. Um So you're saying that this might be a a corrupting influence to the West, then?
2: Corrupting influence of some kind. Whatever it is, as best we can tell, it lies between us and where that orc settlement is.
4: Well, we're no strangers to freeing lands from corrupting influences, are we, gang?
1: No, that Um, is kind of our grandma.
0: It's how we met. It's really our meet cute. Yeah, Yeah. really, that way.
2: Yes. What lands have you freed?
4: Um, Elise just like pulls aside her leather to see like the scars that are still there from the vampire bites. Land that you may not have heard of as it was only recently joined back to this plane, but it was a land shrouded in night and gloom.
0: Funny story, really. We, uh, We were all pulled into a pocket dimension by some sort of bimbo vampire man. Yes. (laughs) Then we had to do a whole lot of murdering. And and, uh, all of them
2: are just starting to guffaw with laughter at the ridiculousness of what you're saying.
0: No, I know. I agree. It was very dumb. It
2: was
1: a wild vacation. Oh, yeah.
2: You see, the interesting uh, thing, as well, is a little bit of uh, a little bit of the looks across some of their faces are not even understanding the terms planes of existence. Right. right. The, these these people don't have any concept of most of what you're talking about. Vampires don't exist. They they don't know what vampires are. They they know demons and they know bad things. But a lot of the terminology, the pocket dimension, that entire idea is not something that they know anything about
5: there was a, a demon like man who stole a land away protected it from any outsiders and did a lot of cruel things to that place and we freed that place I killed
4: him he fed on the souls of others, on the joy that strained it from that land. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what we have on us that would sort of, like, that's from that I know, town. I was... I pull out the, like, adamantine scimitar that I took off of Pardon and just put it on the table and say, there was a man who, his people were a lot like mine, who... Made it his business to serve this this lord, this master, uh, destroy any hope that the dust Elves of that land had, as well as many other people. And we I slayed him with an arrow, just like and I pointed over to Laura, she struck the killing blow on his lord. It might sound like an outlandish tale, but it's now a place. That you can
0: go to. It wasn't before. Jordy, were the... Uh, I'm so sorry, Kaylee. go ahead.
4: No, was, and he's no longer living.
0: Jordy, were the books that, uh, like, Lady Walkers, like, Strahd books, mm-hmm. did those uh, evaporate when we left as well? Uh, those did, yeah. Ah, oh, heck. Yeah. I mean, those I still got work. some deeds to some windmills. They want to buy property? Well, that's also where so. I got this, and I pull out the blood
3: spear. It's been my trusty weapon ever since our adventures there.
2: And you see him kind of lean forward, and his eyes do go a little bit wider at the, at the look of what he can see is probably a fine weapon. He kind of reaches the palm out.
3: Be careful. If this thing kills somebody, it likes the taste of their blood. But have at it!
2: and he just kind of takes you know, the spear like a
1: vampire we're good people just try to
2: um, and you see with a very surprising deftness and swiftness in the movements kind of twirls the, the spear between his fingers like a drumstick and then just kind of <laughs> takes it back onto a single finger finds the balance, balance point on it and flips it into the air and rotates it a couple of times and lands back onto the finger and then he kind of flips it up onto one of the points and lands it on the center of his palm you can feel him kind of getting the weight for the spear is a fine weapon. It belonged to it a barbarian. I know. It told me.
0: What, what, what?
1: Oh, this guy's good.
0: And he tosses I the this spear think this guy's you. taking your spear. This spear <laughs> <might> <laughs> like, like him better.
5: Quickly, like, quick attune to it?
0: No, he didn't need
2: to attune to it.
5: Oh, it just, it, like, recognizes him as a great warrior? Mm-hmm. Ah.
2: Big vibes.
5: Would Allura have, like, mm. understood that?
2: Uh, I don't think Less ever explained that to anybody. So yeah, no, we're I don't fully don't so. okay. <laughs> no, but but Less, you know exactly what that meant.
5: Yeah, would would like would that statement have like would Alura be suspicious of Less now because he just said that the spear was talking to him?
2: I said that under my breath, being like. Oh, you no.
5: No, no, no! I no, no, know no! That. He
2: said like, that he out did. loud. Yeah. He oh god. Gotcha, 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 said yeah, that. Yeah. Um, go make an insight check.
3: It is also con- like kind of like it's magic. It's because like, the spear's made out of wood, right? 13. It's like kind of a magical wood. Thirteen.
0: I'm rolling, like, legit. Um, <laughs> it.
2: Based on what he said, it seems to be that just whatever he was doing to it, like, he has an understanding of what the spear is. So, the spear told me is kind of him just being like, yeah, I know, it's made for somebody who's a great warrior of some kind. But he tosses it back to you, less and less. you fully understand the meaning of that. That he, as soon as he touched that spear, had the same revelation that you did when you first grabbed it.
3: This guy's good.
2: So, you have some successes. Uh, I did mean to say as well. It was a while ago. Allure, make a uh, persuasion check for me on the fact that you killed Strad. Hmm.
5: <laughs> An advantage? No.
2: Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, still decent. Um. Ah. And he just kind of looks and just... And looks a little bit at the weaponry that you've got um, hanging at your side and with the hand crossbow off of your wrist at the moment. And just... I take it you had something other than those to slay an entity such as that.
5: Yes, returning the the place back to these lands... Um, breaking that barrier that was placed upon Barovia took the weaponry that I had been gifted.
2: I feel for your loss. It is almost as though losing a child.
5: My hand remembers every day.
4: Hey, uh, Jordy. I feel like Laura feels really seen right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: Doc. Uh, can I, can I inside check him when he says it's like losing a child, knowing that there's that bow just hanging on the wall? Ooh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Make an insight check. Ooh, yes, great idea. I've been waiting for a good point in the conversation to ask him about the bow.
5: Just remember hands, you guys, especially if it's like middle of a moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, where's my inside? Okay. Uh, that's not bad. That's uh, 16, Jordy. 16?
2: Um, you're not really sure. You, like, losing a child is a, a pretty common thing. The bow being a little bit smaller than him, there's a chance. But, yeah, it's it's not quite enough to go on. Okay.
5: Jesse, did you get that? Just remember hands.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I'll remember. Like a
5: like, middle of a moment.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Alrighty. So he just kind of leans back in the chair and takes another swig out of his cask. Hmm. So. Would you like a restful evening? Or one with the rebels? Sorry,
5: Jordy, what was that word?
2: Revels. Oh,
5: okay.
3: I like rebels. Rebels is good for me.
2: And he looks back at Jessa and Jessa looks back at him and just kind of and, just, <laughs> and then takes the two hands the massive hands and just and rubs his hands together and the guards kind of start to relax a little bit at their posts um, Les? By the way
3: you wouldn't happen to have a drinking champion in these parts, would you?
2: The air horn goes off in the background Whoa! who do you think you been speaking
3: <laughs> to? What was that? I missed that.
2: Who do you think you've been speaking to? Oh,
3: we're going to have a good time tonight.
4: Your rebels wouldn't happen to have, say, a marksmanship contest, would they?
2: I'm sure something could be arranged. And he looks down and all of the kids are kind of looking back at him and look back at you. And you see them just have these wry smiles of just like, come on. And they all start to reach for their bows behind them. So, with that, the clap kind of disbands, the guards start to make their way out a little bit. Appears to be a successful conversation, at least to the point of getting a little bit of trust. Um, You are still escorted out. You still do have an escort at all times. But the escort leads the way for you, and Borvald kind of lumbering down. You see him having to lean to duck underneath uh, the entrance into what you assume is probably his... Maybe not home, but main chamber that he would um, be in in on a daily basis. Um, And drinks start to be poured, uh, food starts to be shared around. You're starting to notice as well that as the night has progressed, you were essentially just given sustenance in there. But down on the ground, there are large fire pits being opened up, um, uh, pulled out of the ground. Some of the grass is being pulled back, and the bark is being pulled back to reveal charcoal pits. And inside those, uh, wrapped in assorted leaves from a massive fronds from some of the trees, they start to uncover um, whole pigs that have been roasted underground for several hours. And the smoke's starting to billow up, and the smell is... To the point of just immediate uh, salivation. Like, you just instantly start to salivate as everything just starts to, like... Oh my god. Some of the others, roasted vegetables, entire gigantic yams and squashes being pulled out as well. Seasoned with very basic seasonings as best they can be. Um, Some even just being dunked in assorted... Liquids, and you would imagine probably are brining liquids of some kind. Um, Food is starting to become a little bit more plentiful, but it's also being brought up. There are uh, trolleys that are bringing everything up and ropes that are being tossed over the edge, uh, things being attached to uh, long, flat trays, and then being lifted up onto the top part where it appears to be whatever's happening below is just the cooking area. But what happens up top is where everything actually gets eaten as it gets distributed to the different families. Um, And everyone is just working in tandem. Everyone has a purpose Everyone is there for a reason. Some of them are cooks down below, some are hauling up massive crates of this food and trying to be able to distribute it internally to people. Others are coming out of their homes, some having it delivered to their homes. It just works. Everything just flows very nicely. And within 10, 15 minutes, Mm every person has got some kind of a a bowl or a plate or a cup with different kinds of foods in it and are all starting to eat it. Drinks are starting to be poured out for all of you um, as Borvald starts to make his way down uh, and you can see he gets to be about 30 feet off the ground or so um, and then just leaps off the edge and lands just with a heavy thud and crack uh, into the ground and the heavy fist impacting against the ground and then he stands up completely unfazed by that gigantic leap that he just took. Jessa limbers down under uh, after him, grabs onto uh, a couple of the bark pieces on the uh, side of the trees and limbering down. Uh, and then no music starting to flow, but just general air of happiness starts to come out from within the people. As evening is there, their work for the day is done, and they're able to relax a little bit. But all of you are still getting side-eyes. You're still getting wary glances. You're still being watched, no matter where you go. By the guards, by the people, with the exception of Jessa, uh, their siblings, and Borvald, Everyone just seems to be keeping an eye on these very small people. And this weird blue man who just happens to be the same size as them. So... Alrighty. So, with that... As things progress for the evening, uh, a lot of drinks are being poured out, less you've got Borvald in front of you now, starting to pull drinks out and starting to place those in front. Um, a lot of the archery uh, archery areas get set up, and you can see training areas where some of the younger uh, Uthgar children are starting to come out and play with real swords. We're, we're talking like... Eight and nine-year-olds that are playing with metal swords and full-on clashing into each other, cut scrapes. They, uh, they, a couple of people, kids, accidentally stab each other, and they just kind of laugh it off. And then families come in, tend to the wounds. These kids are trained to be warriors from a very young age. Um, there are push-up competitions, sit-up competitions, chin-up competitions. Everyone is competing against everyone else. And you see, it seems to be classified roughly by age category, but weight doesn't bring anything into it. Because all of them are kind of of the same physique, right? There's very little where it actually differs between them. Um, and it's an interesting sight to behold. It's definitely different from what you've seen in most major cities where people are going into taverns and into bars and having drinks and sitting down. Everything here is about standing up and being on your feet and being active while holding drinks and while eating. Um, so where would we like to start? Who wants to go first?
3: Oh boy. Everyone's partying, and having a good time. I'm, am I just,
2: am I just drinking with, uh,
3: borvald at this point
2: you you can be doing whatever it is you feel like doing whether you want to start off with some displays of strength try to compete with them uh or you can just immediately start going into it and starting to drink with borvald but i'll say given the size of the man you would probably want to let him get a bit of a head start before you decided to take this to a competition
3: mm-hmm.
2: a new feature
3: of no your enemy for the drinking
2: exactly you would you would seen him for more than a minute, you would know that he is by far greater in levels than you at the skill of drinking.
1: (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure what the rest of the party's thinking. I wouldn't mind trying to kind of sidle up to Borvald at some point and just kind of ask him general of I don't know, just kind of get a lay of like his personal history in the land and then start to work in some of my own selfish interests. Yeah and easily enough
2: like he at this point having had the chat with you and being a little bit more of his calm serious demeanor upstairs you're starting to see that the more um I'll say the less um god why can I not think of the word aggressive version of himself is starting to come out um and he just kind of looks over the rest of the people and All Uthgart are trained in combat and tracking, but much focus is placed on our history. I am third generation Tree Ghost. My grandparents left the corruption that was in the Blue Bear tribe, helped form the clan we are today. I trained my children to be like me, unrivaled in combat. Stories of my victories became their bedtime stories. My children longed to join me as they grew up. And when they came of age, in appreciation of the work that I had done on our defending our ancestral mound, the elves bestowed a great gift upon each of my children. Kuvesta, the elves called them. Othbos one for each of my children. And it is good to see all of them
1: here. That's, uh... Yeah, I mean, that's... So so commendable that, uh... You're, uh... You know, you kind of know where you have such history here. You've got such a... Link to you know you, you you know yourself you know where you came from. Um, I mean inherently that's something I'm somewhat uh, envious of. That's part of why I'm uh, wandering around these parts. So uh, very uh, feel very fortunate to hear your story, uh, uh, Borvald. Your kin giants of some kind. Uh, I believe so um I'll be up front so I've never met another one of my people um so I'm not as full information but uh, do go by Furbolgs I believe hmm.
2: and your name um my name's leaf um it's nice to meet you I mean just kind of Leans over and picks up a leaf off the ground. And leaf?
1: Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. If you, yeah, yeah, kind of. Sure. Hmm. I like your people. I uh, have you ever uh, met any other ones? So for me, I'm kind of in the market. <laughs>
2: Scene. Okay. Met. Strong warriors. Bad causes. I wish you luck,
1: Leaf. Differ Bulk. Uh, thank you, Torvald, Orkbane. I uh, appreciate it. uh, do a little uh, cheers and
2: uh... you see him just take his hand and kind of invert his fist and place it up over the center of his sternum back to you. Mm. Alright, Les?
3: So as this conversation is going on I kind of want to sidle up next to the doc and kind of go to him like, hey, so trying to take this drinking champion trophy tonight. This person looks like a bit of a bigger challenge than I've ever faced before. It's been a while since you might have done a little bit of swindling. How do you feel about maybe greasing the wheels a little bit and help me? How? I don't know. You're the talky one. You're very good with your wordy words. I mean, like, maybe get him just... Talking to bed, taking a few extra sips of his drink, lube, you get him a
0: little lubed up before the big night. You know what I mean? Now, Leslie, I am not usually one to say this, but you want to be the drinking champion, right? Well, yes. It's what you like. It's what you love. I do love it. I do love it quite a bit. I know you do. And would it truly be a victory if you cheated to get there?
3: I'm cheating, you know I'm not gonna like, you know Do
0: something to a drink or something But I mean, you are asking to come in At a bit of an advantage But look how big he is
3: How much of an advantage could it be I'm And
0: just... look how big your spirit is, Leslie <sighs> It's true, it's pretty big I believe in you It's a big spirit You drink all you can, all you want And you'll beat him if you believe in yourself.
3: This is why we're oldest and greatest friends. You know (laughs) exactly what to say at the right moment. I bet, Leslie. All right. No tricks. Straight
0: on. I know you can do it, and I'm going to go back to my book. (laughs) All right, back to your book. Allura. Um,
5: I would have uh, also kind of while Leaf was chatting, and kind of after that happened, um, Borvald, saying that right?
2: Uh, Borvald, Bor- yeah.
5: Borvald, um, your revelry seems to be rooted in competition and um, physical matches. Uh, I don't see anything where my skills lie, um, but I've heard that your people are storytellers. I thought maybe that would be part of your revelry and the evening's celebrations and I was just uh, wanting to be pointed in the direction of the storytellers and the sharing of um, history.
2: It is a good question. The storytellers tend to come out after everyone has worn themselves down a bit. Let out some of their internal frustration. And the time will come. Some of our stories may seem incredulous to you. Some of yours may seem impossible to us, as they did before. But it shall come. I'm curious to see what else you have to share and what it is you think of some of our stories.
5: My skills are not in the physically strong Area. I'm uh, lithe and sneaky, if you will.
2: Rangers have their place. Rogues have their place. Spies have their place. Um, and you see him kind of nod at you.
5: And I'll kind of <laughs> go off. Um, for a vault, uh, I also... Do, I don't... Uh, I'm wondering if there's a non... Alcoholic offering in terms of refreshments.
2: <laughs> of course, uh, water, uh, milks of assorted kinds, uh, fruits for some of the juices. Um, We're well, not much in the way of tea, unfortunately, but okay. hot water can be provided if you have your own.
5: Sure,
2: do. Make your way over. Speak to uh, Ashni over there. And he gestures over, and there's a fairly large uh, male. Uthgard. that's just kind of tending to a series of um, drinks, and you can see that there's a kettle going, and he's pouring uh, hot liquid into some people's containers. Looks like it's probably just hot water of some kind, but easily enough that you'd be able to make some some nice tea. Thank you.
4: Um, Just after hearing the conversation that uh, Borgard had with Leaf about the Havesta, I probably would have sort of waited until Allura had had her conversation with him and just kind of up a little bit and said um you know overhearing about the the bows that your children carry the huvesta i don't know how long of a tale it is to get into it sounds like it probably goes a far way back um that you were given oath bows for your children actually geordie i don't know that term at all right what term both
2: bows the Hu uh so it, it's cuvesta C- oh, see, yeah, no worries I missed it. um yeah it's uh spelled because i actually spent the time and i looked up the translation to elvish uh cuvesta you. c-u-v-e-s-t-a cuvesta i
4: was right except for i thought it was who with an h but
2: that's yeah, cu- all good um but yeah the cuvesta um i'll say make a, a history check for me okay okay <laughs>
4: Yeah, that's going to be a two, Two. so we're going to say no. I don't know.
2: Um, Kuvesta is an elven word. Yeah. Yeah. Elven word, elven bows. Sounds about right.
4: I'll just say, like, um, you know, uh, archer to warrior. Um, Always interested when I hear about unique bows, and I couldn't help but notice there's different sort of designs on your children's uh, different bows. Is there anything... You wouldn't mind sharing about them.
2: It is a good story to tell. You'll hear about it later on. Come around when I tell my story for the evening. Tonight is a special celebration. I shall explain.
4: What's your celebration? It can't be us, not the way that you feel out outsiders. So what else is happening?
2: The joining of one of my own with Uthgar.
4: Can I insight check that? What is it anything... you're
2: looking to insight check?
4: Yeah. Um, it's more like, from Jordi, from your sort of presentation of that, it sounded like he sort of felt like happy and like proud. And the joining with Uthgar. Yep. Um, so, so far we know that means like their tribe. So they are. I'm just going to ask him what he means. Okay. Just like. Yeah, I was going to say like
2: this is more just kind of curious.
4: That's fine. Um, So has Jessa uh, not
2: explained Uthgar to you?
4: We, I mean, um, we're learning a lot about your people. Uh, So far, we know it means um, the humans of the High Forest. I'm and oh, sorry, no, he said Uthgar, like the singular, like the god. Singular. Okay. Um, well, we do we did understand that he is a deity of your people, the Battle Father.
2: Uthgar is the god of physical strength, the Exarch, the Exarch of Tempest, Lord of Battles, God of War. Uthgar was known for competitive nature in combat, tireless ethic for training, and instinct. He enjoyed the everyday pleasures of eating, drinking, hunting, and the camaraderie of another honorable warrior. And long ago, when he came of age, Uthgar yearned for true battle and glory. He rallied a great number of followers, amassed a fleet of ships, and gained the title of Thane. In the year of the reluctant hero, after a recent victory, his forces assaulted the Great Island. They slew the leaders of Illusk, the magic stronghold, and he spits on the ground at the mention of the magics. But rather than being exalted as a hero and liberator, Uthgar's ships were burned, and his barbarian horde was driven inland. He continued his conquests throughout the north, offered protection to the villages, those who swore fealty to him, of course. Of course. But when a horde of orcs swept down from the spine of the world, he and his followers faced them in battle. And he finally engaged in battle with Gurt, the lord of the pale giants. He slew their leader, but sustained mortal wounds and succumbed to death on that site. His followers, my people, Declared themselves the Uthgard in his honor, descendants of Uthgar. And after his body was interred within a burial mound, it was then he was given his divinity by Tempus. He remains a patron to our to this day, and all our dead lie with him.
4: So you're celebrating the life of one who's gone to join him.
2: Celebrating the death.
4: The brave death. In battle? The
2: honorable death. Hail the conquering dead. And he raises a cup to the close to the sky.
4: I don't know if I have a cup, but if I do, I will, like, cheers to that. Um, And it's one of... You said it's one of your house.
2: Proudest moment an Uthgard can have is to see a child slain on the field of battle, knowing that they were trained well and they died for the honor of the clan.
4: I can see that perspective, and especially learning a bit more about your people, how how much you respect, honor, prowess excellence. And um, well done to you as a father for raising someone who would give everything that they had, including their life, to protect your people. Um, I don't know if it's, I don't mean to give any offense. In my people, we express sorrow when one who has died. And if you don't feel that, But for whatever it's worth, um, I'm sorry you must wait so long to meet again with your child until you also claim your honourable death.
2: A lifetime of a human is not the same as it is for you. That much I admit. This is the reason why we live eternally along with Husqvar, so that we may attain a life closer to those who have the span that your people do.
4: Is your child the one who the bow in your room up there belonged to? And
2: he just nods.
4: It's a fine instrument for a fine warrior.
2: A fine instrument indeed. It was to be his... Coming of age... Gift. The filigree... Goes to show... The number of kills... On the night it is first used. I'm sure you noticed... Some of the others... Having silver... And gold and platinum. I did. The elves create the bow unfitted, allow us to use it and feel the weight and success. The more successful, the lighter the metal. You shall hear this story later, I won't spoil it for you.
4: I look forward to hearing it.
2: And he nods again and turns back, NO! I heard there was somebody wanting to challenge me to a drinking competition. And you see a couple out of
5: the way. <laughs> And you <laughs> see yeah.
2: you see a couple of the people who were kind of around him just kind of burst out laughing and they all start looking around at the other Uthgard. Nobody steps forward. Allure?
5: Um I was just going to mention that um I don't know if I want to have roleplay of the drinking No,
3: chain. I got I got I was going to do something.
5: Good.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll let you do it then. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um. So I kind of sidle up to Papa Uthgard and kind of, after having those words to the doctor about you know sticking to your guns, don't, um, don't cheat or try to get ahead. Just kind of look at him and remember about the. Fiery red sap stuff that we had earlier, what I did to my stomach, and just kind of look at him and be like. A good friend of mine reminded me. To gain something of honor and of worthiness, you must paste it head on and take no shortcuts. And looking at you and your drink of choice. I have no defeat in admitting when someone is possibly much more superior to me than something else. In the past I have let my pig-headedness get the better of me in trying to prove myself in front of people that... I've just met that must have feel more important, maybe. So I offer you this. Give me some time to maybe train myself in a different skill that you and I can maybe have a contest of at a later date. And for this contest, I will fashion you a special trophy specifically for the out of any wood that you deem... um, that you deem respectable enough to be made into such a gift. I wouldn't want to tread on any any sacred wood or anything that that you would rather me not make something out of, but I could fashion you this trophy out of respect. And then maybe at the end of our mutual collaboration on ridding the woods of whatever it is we're going to depart on, we can come to a- it at that date.
2: And you hear a couple of chuckles coming from some of the other Uthgard that are around him, and then he just kind of looks to the side and silences them with just a single look and looks back at you and... A true warrior knows his limitations. I respect this. Come to me with whatever challenge you may offer, when the time is right, and we shall fight for whatever this trophy you shall present will be. I look forward to it. You impressed my child. That is not an easy thing to accomplish. I shall give you your moment.
1: Mm.
2: Thank you. Um, There's also...
3: I don't want to step on any toes or anything, but I know that it was mentioned to me that your shaman is a bit of a hands-off to outsiders. Would... A possible meeting with him be
1: allowed.
2: Should you return? Possibly. Fair enough. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. What was it? What was your name?
3: Uh, Les
2: Paul. Enjoy your evening, Les Paul. Oh, thank you. It's been
3: a, quite some time since I've been in, a, in a, a troop of warriors such as this. Reminds me of my outcome.
2: And he just kind of leans down a little bit and takes a knee so he's more eye level with you. And just kind of holds up the massive fist in front of your chest and just kind of softly punches the center of your chest. We found our way home. You will, too. Ooh.
5: Ooh.
2: Ooh. He gets up and turns to leave.
5: Feels
0: alert.
3: Yeah, he his fist kind of there, I kind of take the rest and go. Thank you. All
0: right.
2: So, Aleith.
4: Um, And just as soon as everyone's kind of wrapped up, I would say that Alif would want to maybe, like, see if she could see where Allura was enjoying her tea and see if she wanted to come... With her to find uh, if there was a marksmanship contest. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> 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 having her feelings.
2: Having a moment. I
5: so, am walking a very tight
2: line right now, you guys. <laughs> so, there there is a marksmanship yeah. contest. Um, it's it's something where the distances are impressive. Um, yeah. What I'll do for this, uh, it's it's a two hundred and fifty foot distance. Mm, so, I only have a
4: short
2: bow. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, what's the that. maximum range on your short bow?
4: It is three hundred. Let me just double check. I used I have it written down for my old longbow, but I don't have it written down for Whisper. But I have it in the image of my bow that you sent me. Yeah, it should be in the card. It is on the card. Um three hundred and twenty feet. Three hundred and twenty
2: feet. So because you have a sharpshooter you would be able to partake in this competition. Uh, Allura, uh, with your hand crossbow, I think it's... Yeah.
5: 120.
2: 120, yeah. So your bolts wouldn't even make the distance. That's
5: cool. I'll just go and watch over
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> You need your moment. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, Alith, you kind of sidling oh. up, and you seeing the distance, even for you, this is a little bit sketchy. Like they're, they're firing arrows at what are essentially torches 250 feet away, and trying to hit whatever a bullseye looks like, right? They're they're basically trying to bury a, an arrowhead into a torch. Um, and so there's a couple of shots that get fired off and a couple of successes. Yeah, there's one individual who's standing uh, nearby, uh, but you see Jessa come up aside. Um, you see Jessa coming up aside and uh, pulling out their bow and everybody clears a little bit of room for them. Um, And you notice as well that now that the evening has kind of come down a little bit more, um, the long robe that they're wearing definitely has some insignia on it. Um, It looks to be made, uh, it looks to be kind of made of like a darker brown and green coloring, but the insignia on it is of a, a vertical arrowhead going through the center of a circle. Um, and it appears to be drawn on almost in ash
4: I was going to say if it was something to do with the um, ash striders that Oribald mentioned earlier Yeah,
2: and you can see that uh, they just kind of pull up aside and given you were the one who saw my archers before I figured it would only be fair for us to have a bit of a test and they pull out this bow that is almost 10 feet tall, like just ridiculously massive and holding it all in the air, pulling back. And they're going to go ahead and fire an arrow to give you a target to hit. And that's going to be a... Oh my god, numbers. 24. Numbers! Okay, 24 so um they fire an arrow and it, and even at this distance it <laughs> impacts and right into the center of one of the torches and you can see that the uh the fletch on the back of it starts to come alight a little bit as the uh as the arrow starts to burn uh, and you see your target knowing that essentially the challenge has been made to hit their arrow don't need to robin yeah. hood it but to impact against that arrow and shatter it before the fire gets to it and renders it useless so go ahead and make your attack roll
4: Okie dokie. Why do I feel so nervous about this? Because I awesome. want to that's impress impressive. the new kid. Yeah, that's going to be... Teen. Nice. Um, 28 to hit?
2: 28, yeah. So their 18. arrow embedded with a little bit of an angle going into the torch. Um, and yours, you, you kind of get a couple of chuckles as you pull out this relatively compact short bow. Right? But with your... Um, with your clothing with the coloring of the bow itself the dark ash uh, the dark wood you pulling back the silent arrow and just phew, no sound of any kind and then on the opposite side a good once one to two seconds later there's just a phew, as the entire torch itself just explodes with the impact um, completely shattering Jessa's arrow that had been uh, embedded into it and everybody kind of turns as the the lane that you're firing down goes a little bit darker and you, your teeth just kind of smile a little bit within that.
4: A little red glow in my eyes. Yeah, you know, it's not always about the size of the tool as long as it gets the job done.
2: Jessa kind of looks and uh, looks around a little bit and kind of Catches the eyes of a couple of individuals that seem to be within the shadows, and they step out a little bit and give you a little bit of a nod, and you recognize the two figures that were uh, on either side of them when you first encountered them, right. standing atop the grandfather tree. Both I know you these a... know how to get the
4: job done. Like,
2: <laughs> ow! Giving you a, a nod of respect for the for the shot. Not an easy one to make in this darkness, and even with your vision, it's still a, a long distance to fire. Yep. and knowing Fair that enough. the size of the bow you're catching, you're closing in on the limits of how far that bow can shoot and to hit a shot that accurately at that distance in this light, that's an impressive feat so nicely Yay. done Yay. Right. is like Yay. <laughs> just,
5: like, spot, like a smug and then oh, just looks down at her hand cross but just it's like yeah super impressed by the really. <laughs>
2: All right, so with that, as things start to run, wind down a little bit, and you can see that a lot of the the chin-up competitions and the push-up competitions and everything starts to wind down and people just collapsing onto the ground in exhaustion, um, you know, some counting into the two, three hundreds for some of the different pieces before eventually uh, collapsing down onto the sides. Um, and you see Boerbald is starting to get collections of people seated around a few very large fires and... A couple of younger kids are starting to dance amongst the embers... ...and putting sticks into the fires, pulling them out and drawing things in the air with the sticks. Um, The overall volume starts to quiet down a little bit. And over a little bit of time... ...eventually, things really fall quite silent. Just a few crackling embers of the fires within the trees... ...and occasional little hushed conversation... A lone joke gets told and a couple of uh, hushed laughs under the breath. And then the separate fires start to die down. The kids are escorted upstairs and put back into their beds before the parents return back down. Until eventually a single large ring. Probably 70, 80 people. Around a very low but bright Burning set of coals. And Borvald stands, sets down his drink, and everybody silences whatever they're doing and pays attention to him. It is on this day, 12 years have passed from when Saket joined Uthgar. Everybody's heads bow a little bit lower. Hail the conquering dead. Hail starts to get from a few people around. My youngest son. Afflicted. As my wife was. The plague that took her, grasping hold of him, weakening him. He did everything he could, working harder than any of his siblings, but never quite able to get to where they were. The proudest among us the strongest of heart His bow was presented, the trial came a raid on the ice spin to earn his filigree. We ventured, heading west, three days to the edge of the forest. Found our prey. Waited for the cover of nightfall. He took his first shot, a perfect hit straight through the center of a chest, felling one instantly. Alarm was raised. And soon swarming orcs chased us. He attempted to fire more shots, but the movement of running and drawing his bow over and over began to get to him and we found ourselves separated as I cleared the chasm that he could not jump across I jumped back reaching to grab him shielding him and you can see that he takes off his long cloak at this point and reveals a pair of slightly offset holes in his chest one on either side Their arrows struck through, but a ricochet met its mark. I brought him home. To rest with his mother, a child that deserved the honor of a true death. the Conquering Dead, and in unison, everybody in the circle, hail, hail, hail. <clears throat> this is a day to remember, to remember what we do, to remember why we fight remember what we protect, and to remember those of us who have given their lives in that pursuit. But it is not a hard day, for we know their deaths were in honor, their deaths Had purpose so that we may survive, so that our people may keep these lands out of shadow. Hail the conquering dead again, hail louder this time. And Gorvald takes a seat, and all eight of his children rise. Take the bows off of their backs, knock an arrow. You can see them all turn towards the largest tree, the one that you had all climbed originally. Draw the string. And in unison, <laughs> all eight shots get fired off one after another, with Jessa's firing last. And you would imagine it's the order in which they were born, one after another.
5: Mm
2: the arrows (laughs) impact against the tree and they all take their seats again may we remember for these words are our history and he bows his head low and everybody takes the same suit bowing their heads closing their eyes and focusing for a few moments. Fire embers begin to burn down, crackling a little bit lower. They all just stay with that, waiting for the embers to die out completely. A good 15, 20 minutes, until the fire is gone. You start to notice little bits of fireflies, and moonlight starting to come through the trees and everybody stands up some acknowledging one another but everybody passing by and the one person remaining seated is Ravald and everybody as they pass by him one after another a hand on a shoulder until eventually his children come up around him and they all stand and look at one another look at each of you. A somber day for you to see, but an important one nonetheless. Come, we have arrangements for your sleeping accommodations this evening. Jessa will ride out with you, with the Ash Striders tomorrow morning. At dawn you ride west, Perhaps you may yet find this blight upon our forest. Good evening. Any turns? So all of you are let up for the evening, and you're given a series of very low-hanging accommodations. Um, Hammock? Sorry?
4: Is it hammocks?
2: There are hammocks, there are beds, there are rugs on the floors, um, but it's more so just the overall height up the tree. You're on the lowest possible run. Um, But it's to be expected, right? His being the highest, it would make sense that you would be that low to the ground. Um, But there is a chance, if you would like to, uh, to try and make that jump again.
1: I mean, I'm not a hero. I'm I'm down to hang out down here, kind of get a little chill. One of the people, you
2: know? But is there anything any of you would like to do before turning
0: in for the evening? No.
4: I'll share the story, or like the kind of background that I got from Vorval while I was chatting with him about the bow and all of that, which I mean, everyone kind of heard that, but more the um, origin story of uh, (sighs) Interesting. He once was immortal and kind of like was in this battle with these White giants and became a, became a deity. Do we think that like the orcs that he's sending us to go route out? Are the main ones that hold his
2: he referred to them as the ice um, the ice shield orcs. It would make sense. You're heading west. They're an orc band west. But whatever you're rooting out is between
1: you and those orcs. Right.
5: Hmm. Well, let's, we'll see.
1: Um. I think also, like, we need to sort of agree on a plan of action here. Like, we're doing this and then we're going to sort of... Like, we're doing this to Curry favor, right?
4: Yeah, as Kale as I think these people are, I mean, all I know that we have to get back there. Um, we have more pressing matters than becoming forest warriors out here, as appealing as that sounds. I or mean... We- we need to figure out what's happening with the grandfather tree and I'm um, sorry I can't remember in which context this exchange happened but um, I'm just assuming you guys remember if you weren't there then I told you about it like if the grandfather tree isn't something that we can contact and we have to wait for it to make contact with us or it won't do it unless we're things, creatures that it wants out of this territory we might have no, to get sure. creative with like how we touch base with it if it is a sort of a a being of sentient wisdom which is quite possible just a sort of a different uh, type of sentience than we're used to but i suggest if we do try to figure out what it's protecting that we don't that we were, are very careful not to disrespect it as we do so
5: i agree i think a lot of what what we'll be able to learn from the grandfather tree will come from its guardians. The shamans. Yeah. Yeah. I think that us completing this task that they've put before us will curry favor if we are able to then be in a favorable light they're more likely to answer our questions or allow us to try speaking with the tree or even going yeah i i think that this is the best route for the time being i don't know how everyone else feels but
4: i do have one thing but i think we kind of need their permission to do it like i got a sense that
1: there was a Oh, sorry, what? What are you thinking?
4: Well, I got the sense that there was a moment that maybe he could have been convinced to let us use magic, but like, Mm.
1: we're
4: not really good at arguing for things and we don't have any clout with these people. In fact, compared to them, physically, we're like, pretty sad specimens and that's sort of how they think of value people in some, in a large part, I'm sure it's not entirely. So there's No reason for him to agree to it, but maybe if we come back, we can. And there's a possibility that I could maybe talk to it,
1: yeah. Um, I think also one thing I, I don't know if this has been made clear to anyone. I'm not I'm going to miss this part for helping these people out. Are they gonna get mad at us if when we go to take care of this uh problem, if we use magic? Because I'm I'm all right, I'm, a, I'm kind of all right without magic, but. they're gonna get mad we're helping them i mean
5: it's gonna be kind of in it's a it's in and at the tree and then in the village from my understanding i feel like further out that request is
4: not might be a conversation to have with jessa on the road but they're maybe more permissible, more casual, than their father would be. So perhaps best not to even raise the point until we are out. <laughs> but I agree with you, like we're at a serious fucking disadvantage if none of us can use our extra abilities. Like obviously I can shoot something full of holes, but it's not very effective unless I can do extra shit with it.
3: I, th- I think that the no magic rule pertains to maybe within the, their lodgings. I don't think they're gonna say we can't do magic to help them with their problem. And also, in doing this, maybe the grandfather tree will deem us worthy enough to talk to us. So I think it's
4: all kind of connected mm-hmm. at this point. Or their their shaman is a big part of this. I think that we haven't really heard much about yet, but we need to find out. And we won't really have that chance until we've shown ourselves to be worthy and passed this trial.
1: Oh, that's that's fair. Yeah, no, purely just something I kind of wanted to flag i know we are making some assumptions i'm not super familiar with uh, you know like we all are i don't think we're super familiar with how it's going to shake down uh, just saw how unfavorably they reacted to leaf, so i guess we should something i kind of wanted to gut check with y'all before doctor what do you think
0: mm-hmm. so doctor what do oh, you think oh i reckon you know if uh if we need to use magic and their lives are at stake, well, who the fuck are we? To, or are they to tell us not to? Mm-hmm. If we're fighting a band of orcs and they decide to come at it with sticks, and we decide to throw snowballs at it, say, and we save their lives, it seems very deeply unlike them to start a fight about it. That's fair.
4: Maybe, but they do have a bit of a hang-up about honour. Yes, well, we don't.
0: we <laughs> people. <laughs> sure,
4: I'm not saying we, we do, or should. But just perhaps, I don't know, their society is a little different than even, like, like, drow, we got some weird shit, but there are parts of our, our culture that's very pragmatic. Um, these folks seem like there's some things that they take very seriously that... Don't make total sense to me. Or. Oh. Sure. I'm, I'm
0: all for respecting their customs. However, yeah. they cannot death. dictate how we do our work. Mm-hmm. They can do it here. They can tell us not to, uh, not to sling spells and throw fireballs in their faces here. But if we're going into battle with them, then it seems like we might have the advantage
1: on them. It's true. I'll be honest, I'm dying. I've been, uh, I've been holding in a fart for, like, the last, like, four hours. (laughs) Normally, I can cast Silence. No one (laughs) notices when I do that. This is brutal. That guy was telling me, when he was telling the story about his kid... I've... Holy Christ, I thought I was gonna ruin that. Anyways... uh, It would've been awkward. It would've been awkward. That is kind of why I'm, you know, checking. That was another reason. Shit. Anyways... Oh, uh, yeah. All
2: right. So, all of you secure within your lodging for the evening, finding a way to a hammock, to a bed, to a bearskin rug. You're able to pull up for the evening, get a decent night's sleep, full bellies, and a little bit of the wafting scent of smoke, and kind of just everything being a little more calm, very quiet, occasional rocking of, uh, of the tree as you are, still, you know, a good 30 feet up there is a little bit of wind as the tree kind of wanes a little over the course of the night, kind of rocking you to sleep and without issue, the evening passes, you wake up the following morning crack of dawn, knocks on the door outside, and you can hear Jess's voice cracking through, time to get going folks, let's hit the road Alrighty. and that'll be where we end things off for the, mm-hmm.
4: for the evening tonight
2: Yeah, awesome job,
3: Jordy. Holy
4: shit. I got fucking chills when you were talking about the fire dying and like the voices and the stories. I was just like over here with goosebumps.
2: (laughs) Sometimes you just have to have a good fireside story.
1: Oh, so
2: good. It's been a while since we had one of those. That took us right back to the first time you met the Vistani. Yeah.
1: yeah.
5: Uh
2: Uh-oh.
5: Is there anyone
1: doing here?
2: Anyone doing what? Telling fortunes. fortunes. Oh, <laughs> not with these folks. No, uh, telling fortunes is a, a form of <laughs> Yeah, but no, it was. Uh, this was a fun one. I was, I was excited to write all this and let you get a little bit of a, a background into the Uthgard. We haven't even chatted about what the twelve tribes are uh, or anything like that, but there is still time. So
4: it's so immersive. I
2: totally. Yeah. This is
4: amazing, Jordy. It's really fucking cool.
2: It's yep. it's stuff that I was able to find bits and pieces here and there, 1997 Wizards magazine for a certain <laughs> name, random name that. of somebody with a cool last name that start building a family based around that individual. But um, yeah, I know this is this is one of my one of my big moments for uh, for this campaign is these guys. So, I'm glad everything went as well as it did for you guys so good cool all right well thank you everybody for the chat uh, for coming in tonight we appreciate you guys sticking around a uh, couple of awesome raids a couple of uh nice subs we love you guys so much um and yeah and look out for kevin's awesome stuff that he's coming up with his new one shots which i'm stoked on
3: yeah, yeah next
2: week next wednesday awesome but for night for now
0: we're gonna say good night to you guys we love you all love all you guys love you awesome nerds and uh we'll see you guys back here next week